hey, hey, welcome to the Flow and Flourish podcast. I am your host, the Capacity Coach, Nicole Roan, and I am so glad that you're here. This is the safe space where we talk openly and honestly about all the things that can come up as we try to juggle our competing priorities, manage self-care, work in our businesses and or in the corporate space and intentionally work on managing our capacity so that we can show up in excellence in every single room that we walk in, aka be able to flow and flourish, hence the name of the podcast. We believe that when you flow effortlessly, you flourish tremendously. And this podcast is dedicated to giving you the tips, tools, resources, all those things that you need to be able to do just that. Now, if this is your very first time here, then welcome to the sister friend tribe of like-hearted, like-minded women who are on a journey similar to yours. We are all here to get our capacity together, okay? In order to do that, we use five different areas of flow to help you be able to manage it all. So create that work-life balance that's going to be ideal for your specific situation and ultimately just walk the talk. Now, more information on those five areas of flow can be found at the very beginning of this podcast. So episodes one through five, I believe. So make sure that you tap into those so that we are all working from the same foundation as we collectively increase our capacity for sustainable success. If you've been here before, then welcome back, sister friend. I'm so glad that you choose to tune in and spend your time and energy with me. You already know that I do this for you because when one of us wins, we all win. Now, before we get into the episode today, I do have to let you know that This episode is being brought to you by the Capacity Calculator. Yes, the Capacity Calculator is a free tool that allows you to really check in on what really is on your plate and what are you making a priority in your personal or professional life. If you've never taken it before, then I invite you to go ahead and take it today. And even if you have taken it before, take it again because our capacity shifts based on the season that we're in. All of the details can be found on my website or right here in the show notes. So make sure you take advantage of this absolutely free capacity calculator tool that I created for all of us to be able to flow and flourish. All right, let's get into this episode. In 2020, Success Magazine named Patrice Washington one of 12 inspiring Black voices in personal development, and she continues to be consistently called on for her expertise by national media. As an award-winning intuitive author, transformational speaker, hope-restoring coach, and conscious media personality, Patrice is committed to teaching a holistic approach to life while redefining the term wealth back to its original meaning of well-being. Patrice got her start as America's money maven, a widely known favorite personal finance expert, but has since expanded her mission to encourage people to chase purpose, not money. She uses her certification in financial psychology to help the masses get beyond budgets and credit reports and dive into the heart of why we behave the way we do with money. Through her spirit-led teachings and intuitive guidance, Patrice empowers her community to look at life through the lens of abundance and opportunity instead of lack and scarcity. As host of her award-winning The Redefining Wealth podcast, Patrice has built a thriving international community of high achievers committed to creating a fulfilled life through balancing their careers, home, 
health, and personal finances. Featured on Forbes.com as one of 15 inspiring podcasts for professionals of every stripe and highlighted by InStyle Magazine, Success Magazine, and Entrepreneur.com, the Redefining Wealth podcast boasts over 10 million downloads and counting. Please help me welcome my mentor, the Patrice Washington, to the Flow and Flourish podcast. Yay, Patrice! Hi. I don't even know where to start other than just saying I'm so grateful to have you here because you know, I tell you all the time, like I would not be where I'm at. I would not have a podcast, any of those things without you. So having you here is like the highlight of my life. Oh my gosh. I am so proud of you. And I have to say, I believe you probably would have found your way to this because it was already calling you. I think I just was a part of the pushing, like a little push, a little tug, you know, to bring you on along. And I think to also introduce you to community, like, you know, to introduce you to folks who will become your lifelong sisters, I hope. And in addition to your amazing, you know, family you already have, (laughs) but sometimes our family doesn't always have the capacity to help us get to what's next. So we have to go find our family. And many of us have found it in online spaces. And I don't even remember how you found me. I'm just glad that you did. Listen, everybody in my house knows you, first of all. My husband is on the road today, but he knew I was excited, you know, getting ready for today. And this morning he's like, tell Patrice that Chef Ron says hello. I'm like, okay, y'all on a first name basis, sir. You know her like yeah. that. And he's like, yeah, that's yeah. our girl. <laughs> yeah. so, Go way back. Oh, goodness. I actually found you on the Steve Harvey show. So way back, OG, triple OG. You're OG, OG. OG, official, right? And just listening in as you were trying to help us all get our money together, you know, do all those different things. And then as you transitioned over to the podcast and that I didn't even realize you were coaching, like actively helping other people coach and get in that space to full circle coming and being a part of not only P2P, Purpose to Platform, but Command the Stage, and now being in the Redefining Wealth community and all of those spaces. And you mentioned earlier the community piece, right? And for me, that has been absolutely what I needed to the point where one of my fellow P2P sisters is actually a bridesmaid in my upcoming 10-year renewal. What? Listen. In March, oh. look. <laughs> so <laughs> that makes me so happy, Nicole. I can't tell you how happy that makes me because I remember for so long, I did everything as a Lone Ranger, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I would come up with an idea, flush it out by myself, talk myself in, talk myself out, mm-hmm. right? Like beat myself up if things didn't go the way I wanted it to. Like I did everything by myself until I finally had the revelation that greatness is not created in isolation. Mm. Like we need people, people are required. And for many of us who, you know, some people may identify as an introvert or some people just identify as like, oh, I'm the strong one. So people come to me, I don't go to them. That was one for me, like Mm -hmm. any number of things, but I've just realized 
you know, especially over the last, I would say, decade and a half or so, that people want to support you. They really do. Growing up in households where you hear like, don't tell people your business, you better keep people out of stuff. (laughs) That keeps us trapped. That keeps us playing small. And that keeps us so stagnant because we will allow ourselves to be stuck. But when you have a sister girl, Mm. right, who knows your capacity and you've told her the vision, you've told her the dream and she can pull you out of those moments you can get so further along, right? Quicker, sooner, faster. Yeah. And my vision for a purpose to platform, for command the stage, for this entire redefining wealth movement has been that people find their people. That well, people find their people. And you don't need a million people. You just person. And if you can come into this community and find your person, right? It's amazing how whether your person was someone who lived down the street from you and y'all never knew it, because I see that a lot in mm-hmm. redefining wealth. It's like, you live on what corner? Oh, <laughs> wait a minute, right? You might have been walking by this person every day, not knowing that you guys had similar values and similar hearts, and then mm-hmm. you could support each other. Or if your person is across the globe, because we have that too. We have people who are prayer partners that yep. still from the US to Africa are connected. And it just blows my mind would one yes, would a kicking and screaming yes, because my yes was not out of complete obedience. <laughs> Let's be clear. My yeah. yes was like, God, for, I mean, you sure, sure? <laughs> I mean, is me? Give me another sign. <laughs> I need a rainbow with three pigeons to go across and form a heart-shaped loop before I, right? Like, yes. And so when I hear these stories and when I see you all collaborating in social media, it is that constant, reminder and that just constant confirmation of like, man, like you affirm the vision, you affirm the vision that I held so long ago. So thank you for sharing that with me. You are so welcome. And that's exactly why I wanted you on today as part of this Women Making History series. So this is the second year that I'm doing this, where I am highlighting women that I believe are making history in everyday life, making waves and ripple effects and all of those different things. And because of my exposure to you and all the greatness that you put into the world, I'm like, I have to get Patrice on here. (laughs) And so I definitely agree with you with the community piece, with being able to connect with folks that can help you elevate yourself. And you do that every single day in so many different ways. And I'm honored to be able to call you a history maker. So I want to know from you, when you hear that term, like history maker, what do you think about that? And do you consider yourself a history maker? I do. God. I do consider myself a history maker because I've been very intentional about wanting to impact people's lives since I was in first grade. Mm. Since, since my first grade teacher, Miss Boynton, told me that when I have knowledge of something when i know something i have a responsibility to teach my friends mm-hmm. and it's because i used to be the kid that knew the answers and i just want to raise my hand raise my hand raise my hand and miss boynton one day she was like oh like girl put your hand down you know give somebody else a chance yeah, give somebody else a chance <laughs> and i was so frustrated nicole i threw my head on the desk i couldn't mm. believe she wasn't calling on me and i felt some kind of way and she kept me in for recess and she told me It's fine that you know, but it's not enough that you know. Like you have friends that are struggling. When you know something, you have a responsibility to teach your friends. Mm. If you all don't know, what good is it? And 
She used to let me get up and roam around and help people in first grade after that moment. And so I always made it a point from that time on that when I knew something, I just feel compelled to share. And you've been in my programs, you know, what I'm going through, y'all going through, we gonna talk about, right? I just feel compelled to share the lessons. Mm -hmm. And I've always been someone who wanted to share in real time, like Mm -hmm. not when it was perfect and all fixed on the other side. Mm -hmm. And I also think that came out of Ms. Boynton recognizing my gift, right? Very early on to impact Mm -hmm. people in that way. And I'll tell you the second thing, when I was younger, about third grade, my mom and I were going down the street, going uh, probably shopping or something on a Saturday, and there was a funeral procession. Mm. And my mom turned off the car. That's what we would do back in the day, right? Like, oh, turn yep. off the car. We're going to be here save for a the while. Gas. <laughs> yeah, save the gas. We're going to be here. And so she turned the car off, and we just sat. And maybe like 10, 15 cars may have passed, and they just kept going. And she's like, oh, she turns the car back on and she keeps driving. And I am distraught. I remember being a little kid and my mom still tells this story. I was so little, but I was so confused about why there were not more people in that funeral procession Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and why it was so quick. And like the day would go on and I would keep saying to my mom, but why weren't there more people? You had to know. You wanted to understand. I didn't know. Like, I am concerned. She's like, maybe they didn't know that many people. And I said to my mom, third grade, oh, I got to do something so that when I die, more people want to come see about me. And literally that coupled with first grade, Miss Boynton telling me to teach people what I know. And then third grade being like, oh, folk better come to my funeral. (laughs) Or I'm coming back. (laughs) I'm coming back. I'll come haunt folks. Like, but really over the years always made me think about how are you living your life or not living your life so that people like i always wanted to have impact i want people to come see about me that was the literally mm-hmm. how i felt at like nine years old and it's how i feel at 40 years old i mm-hmm. want people to come see about me so at this point when someone says do you consider yourself to be a history maker yes i do because for at least 30 years i've been living with this intention that i'm gonna do things that make people remember me and not for the sake of just remembering me. It's more like, I want people to say, because she believed in me, Mm. I was able to do this. When I was just a finance person and not to limit that, but you know, for years I was the money maven of the Steve Harvey show and the money Mm -hmm. maven of this. And I was very much financial driven. And now it's kind of grown into more lifestyle and business and all that. But even then I wanted people to say, that girl helped change my mindset and I own a home. I thought I would rent forever Mm. or I never thought I could save more than $10. And this girl literally made me feel like I could have an opportunity fund with thousands of dollars or that I could send my children to college debt free. And so every time I do something, I do it with this intention of how do I pour into people enough for them to believe they could do something different with their lives and they may never remember my name, but even if they remember how I made them feel, like this one chocolate chick from LA. She, <laughs> she, she did was living that. down in Atlanta. She wrote a book or something, right? Like, yeah. I don't care that they know my name as much as they remember my presence. Mm-hmm. And that's so key because that's how I know it started for me, right? 
I didn't know your name at first. I had to go back to, and you know, when people were logging on and looking through V103, WGCI, the stations, I'm like, her name is Patrice, right? And from that understanding, just your words impacted me back then to the point where I've been telling everybody and my mama about you for years, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's just so important to be able to have that desire to create this impact, which is where I believe we tend to become these history makers without trying to be a history maker, right? Mm -hmm. Like you don't just deem yourself that it's based on the impact that you're making and not like you said, for the sake of people just knowing who you are, but literally changing their lives. And again, that is what you do every single day. And I'm a part of that ripple effect. And so I know about redefining wealth and how you got into this space. I know your, you know, bathroom floor moment, all of those things. But for some of my listeners who may not know, tell me about how you got into redefining wealth and what that means to you. Oh my gosh. Redefining wealth was literally just a download. It was a download from God. Back in the day, I started in real estate and mortgages very early. I built a seven figure business by 25. And I literally thought that that would go on forever. I was like, people should just get rich early. This is great. (laughs) Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. I mean, just find something and do it. Thought it would go on forever. And then the recession hit. And you know this, when the recession hit, I was actually in the hospital on bed rest in 07. I had taken a fall down the stairs at 20 weeks and I went into preterm labor. And when I got to the hospital, they said, ma'am, this baby's coming any minute now. And so for the first time, it wasn't the very first time, but it was a huge moment in my life where I learned to surrender because I'm in this space. They're telling me my baby could pass any minute now. The banks are closing down left and right, banks that I work with, right? And the money is not coming in. I ended up on hospital bed rest for 10 weeks. The money is not coming in. My husband's exhausting our savings, trying to pay things. And I'm faced with like, if you don't stop stressing out, you're going to leave here two years in a row with no baby. Mm. My son died the year before prematurely as well. Mm -hmm. Same hospital, same doctor, same floor. And now I'm in this hospital room crying and carrying on (laughs) and asking God why me type of thing. And I get the notion that I need to take the TV off the wall. No more watching the news, no more hearing the bad news and the blues and all that stuff, and really just lean into my faith and bringing this baby into the world healthy and strong. And so that was around five weeks into the hospital. I was there another five weeks. I left long story short with $400,000 in medical debt, but I had a healthy baby. (laughs) I had a healthy baby. She was healthy and strong, but I left with tons of debt. And my whole life was upside down by the time I got out of the hospital, about three and a half months later between my hospital stay and then my daughter's stay in the NICU. And what was once a seven figure business was heading towards collapsing and me scraping up change and being on welfare about a year later. And I was in the bathroom. So my 6,000 square foot home foreclosed, cars repossessed, everything that could happen happened. We moved to this teeny tiny apartment in Metairie, Louisiana, and I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. You ever just sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do something to you. (laughs) Okay. I have tried everything. I've done everything. I've been a good person. I operate integrity. 
And remember what I just shared with you guys. Since first grade, I have had this thought that if I know something, I have a responsibility to share with others. Now I'm in a season where I don't know if I'm going or coming. So not only am I financially tapped, spiritually and mentally and emotionally, I'm not even the person that I'm used to being. I can't help anyone else because I can't help myself. Right. So it was another layer of just like hurt and pain and shame and guilt and all these things about how did I get here? I'm supposed to be the one that's helping everyone else. And my husband takes my daughter on a walk. I'm in the bathroom and I'm having a full out war with God. Like, what's up? What's up now? <laughs> what we and doing? I, you know, listen, if you can't talk to God crazy, I don't know if you really have a relationship. <laughs> I'm just going to say, you might not really have the relationship you think you have. If you can say, hey, now what's up with this? This is getting a little out of hand. Now I've been faithful and I've been trying to, you know, all things work together for my good. And I've been trying to say all the things that I learned in church. But what the heck is this? Mm -hmm. And that turned into an ugly cry, snot and bawling on the floor, fetal position, forehead on the linoleum. God, why me? Yeah. Why me? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, get your Bible. I ended up on Proverbs 17, 16. It said, what good is money in the hands of a fool if you have no desire to seek wisdom? And that was the first time that this idea of seeking wisdom was even presented to me. And that's why I seek wisdom is my name on Instagram to this day. Mm -hmm. That constant reminder, right? So I got up off the bathroom floor and I really started to look into the difference between knowledge and wisdom. As you know now, knowledge is information and education. But wisdom is how do you apply it? Exactly. When do you apply it? Where do you apply it? But I also started to look into the word wealth because for some reason it just kept like I just kept being drawn to look into the word wealth. And I realized that the first definition they show you is money and material possessions. Mm -hmm. But if you keep digging deep enough, you'll see the original definition, which is the 12th century meaning, which was the condition of well-being. It was never 6,000 square foot house. It nope. was never matching Range Rovers. It was never purses and shoes. It was the condition of well-being. And that was the first time that it hit me that while I had a lot of knowledge and information and I had built all this stuff because I was, you know, a good test taker and, you know, all that stuff, I didn't have wisdom, but I also never truly had wealth, even though I was running a seven-figure business. Because mm -hmm. that well-being, ma'am. I had money and material possessions. I had no peace. I didn't have the best relationships. I was not well. In a lot of ways, I was not well. And so when I started to rebuild my life from that point and I went on to create a blog and then the blog turned into me writing for magazines and that turned into me doing radio. And, you know, after four years or so, I ended up on the Steve Harvey Morning Show and Dr. Oz and all these things. And I really look back and think about that. Four years was nothing mm -hmm. like to end up having those types of experiences. But I believe that the plan was in full effect even when I didn't know. It was emotional already. Yeah, it was already yep. emotional, right? <laughs> but I got to the point where I'm doing all these things. I'm being called on by a lot of folks. I'm speaking all over the country. I'm being invited to so many amazing opportunities, but I've fallen back into just knowledge and information. And I realized that I wasn't truly committed to what I had remembered or found on that bathroom floor, which mm -hmm. was, again, 
my first thought coming off the bathroom floor was how many people need to know this I need to share. That's what prompted me to create the blog. It was Miss mm -hmm. Boynton. When you know something, you, you got to tell somebody. You got to share, responsibility. right? Responsibility, yeah. But I had a moment in 2016. I was on the Dr. Oz show and the segment God bless his heart was cool, but it was like saving a groceries or something. And we were moving like broccoli on this felt board over to another one. And I was like, this ain't that. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you even doing? And I had the aha. Okay. You forgot what you said you were going to do on the bathroom floor. You've done a version of it. This is not the fullness of what you've been called to do. And mm -hmm. you know that, but I ran from it like all good disobedient um, partially obedient <laughs> know a little bit about that little, just partial <laughs> obedience like a little i'm gonna give you two toes but not my whole foot like type right. of thing i did that and then i was pushed into needing to do something different and i was like god just what is it and redefining wealth was born and launched in 2017 and it was a very painful process because my site had been hacked and i, I remember had to that everything down big hat too and that. there was no getting around it all the products and programs i used to sell were not accessible unless i was going to create them all from scratch and i knew i wasn't being called to do that so my site was down i wasn't earning any revenue from any of that stuff and literally i was in this pruning season where god was just pulling people and things away and what I was left with was what I call the truth about wealth. And it became redefining wealth. And that launched in 2017. And it was the best thing I could have done because I realized how much I was hiding in plain sight for so long. Mm -hmm. I was out there, but I wasn't fully out there. Mm -hmm. I was visible. It was like double dutch. You were you about to jump in. <laughs> so even when you saw me, and I want to say too, that even in not being fully obedient, there was still impact. So I don't mm -hmm. take away from that. There were amazing things that happened. And I believe that purpose evolves. Mm -hmm. And that was the 1.0 or 2.0 version of me. But we get to evolve and continue to elevate just like you're seeing in your career. Every year I'm watching you do new things and <laughs> add other stuff, right? I yeah. remember when you were launching a podcast, right? So like there's all these things that continue to come, but that was what brought me to redefining wealth. It's still that bathroom floor moment because the seeds for redefining wealth were planted there. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had the confidence yet or the clarity to really communicate it to the world. So I took the piece that I could run with. And again, I'm saying that because someone needs to hear yes. the whole thing is not going to make sense, right? We learn looking back, you're like, oh, I've been on that, but <laughs> You're not always ready, right? Like, not for the full thing. It's baby steps. Not for steps. the full thing. It's baby <laughs> steps. Yeah. So redefining wealth has been baby steps. And it was absolutely the best thing I could have possibly done for myself. And I believe my audience was for me to <laughs> tell the truth about what I really saw wealth as. And that was the six pillars. It was never just talking about budgets or credit reports. Mm -hmm. Oh, Patrice. It just, that in and of itself was the reason I stuck with you throughout your transition as your purpose has evolved. And for me, you've been the one to say, it's okay to trust your gut. It's okay to choose your health, whether that's mentally, emotionally, physically, all of those different things. I can remember working in a job and hearing you talk about crying before you were going in and I was in the same space. Yes. And was yes, like, girl, what am I supposed to do now? 
I had gotten some downloads before then, but I was partially obedient. Like, God, I'm going to just continue to collect this paycheck because the way my bills are set up. The way but, my checking and my saving. Right. I got a checking up. and I got a saving. <laughs> so what I'm going to need you to do, God, yeah, me telling God what I needed him to do, right? Uh-huh. But it ended up in a situation where God started making things very difficult in my life as well. And seeing you step out on that faith, seeing you walk towards your purpose and watching you transform so many other people's lives. I'm like, I got to see what she's doing over here. Cause I feel like you telling me that I need to do something like that. Mm. And I'm just grateful that you have been obedient and that you continue to be obedient. And even as you talk about the seeds that were planted and taking that very first step, And you know this because of us working together. When I first came into Purpose to Platform, I was talking about work-life balance, work-life balance, right? Uh Because that's what I was comfortable with. Yes, that's part of what, you know, I do as a capacity coach, but because of watching you and listening to you and going through all the things that you've taught me, I fully stepped into this capacity thing, right? Where, yes, capacity is a thing, but work-life balance is a result of managing your capacity. So I just want to continue to encourage everybody, as you've already said, just because you see the whole thing doesn't mean it all has to be launched all at the same time and giving yourself that permission to do a piece at a time until you have that clarity, until you have that confidence, until you are able to even clearly communicate it. Because you know, I was like, what do I do? What about this? I'm sorry. And you girl. remember you remember every week I'd be like, now Nicole. What we not gonna do? What we like, not gonna do when you get on this QA <laughs> is ask me what you asked me last week. No, that's what we not gonna do. <gasps> right? With <laughs> love. What, but with love, because what did I keep telling you? It's gonna become more clear as yeah. you just move forward. It's not gonna become clear as we chat about it every week. You have to do it. And then as you do it and you see the impact that you have on other people, then you get the confirmation and the conviction. Oh, wait, no, I help people build capacity. Let me stop this, right? But we have to be in the doing to Mm -hmm. actually receive that download that this is the thing. You Mm -hmm. don't get it by just thinking about it. I've never, I've never, I mean, even the work that we've done in Purpose to Platform now, you were in a couple years ago, but there's been several cohorts since you. And Mm -hmm. so with every cohort, I'm learning, I'm looking for like, what's really working? What do I need to add? What would support even more? What would Mm -hmm. help people get to clarity faster? How can I get them building sisterhood and community even faster? I think when you were in, it's like, it feels like instant, but girl, these recent cohorts on day one, they're like, sister, such as, I'm like, oh, okay, boom, we in here, right? So it comes in the doing it comes in the testing and tweaking and trying and putting it out there and i think that's for our protection because if we truly could see what the entire thing was going to look like we would be afraid and run away immediately and like oh so you want me to do that i'm good (laughs) we'd be like oh no oh oh Mm, no i'm not gonna do that like we would totally run away so we have to be okay with the fact that it evolves and it's okay to pivot and it's okay to recognize there's nothing wrong with having this big vision because you get to dream and color dreaming is free right mm-hmm. nothing wrong with having a huge vision but don't let it prevent you from taking action on the 1.0 version of your dream 
Mm. I just keep telling people this because we get stuck in these cycles of confusion and overthinking and overwhelming ourselves. And big companies change logos. <laughs> big companies change colors. I was just telling my team the other day, I was like, Lay's potato chip. Remember when they had those mocha chips and they were trying all kinds <laughs> yes, of, they had a coffee flavored chip and they were right. <laughs> these huge companies are testing things on us all the time. And yet we have something that God has called us to do. And we're up here trying to stay behind the scenes quote unquote, perfecting it. When it's like, no, they're out there testing things, throwing things against the wall, seeing how it works. Like that spaghetti, right? Like, does it stick? Like, does it not? Does that stick? Does it not? Does it feel good for me? Does it fit my personality? Does it fit my lifestyle? Do I want to do all of those things we get to try mm -hmm. and do and test and tweak. That's why I get so excited when I see y'all doing different things. It's not yeah. a matter of you do that thing forever. It's what are the lessons that you're learning about yourself, but about the marketplace and about your ideal client and all those things. And then how can you take that information and apply it to the next iteration of what you're doing? And as long as we stay curious that way, I think it keeps it fun because entrepreneurship ain't no punk. Let me tell you something, ma'am. I've been a full-time entrepreneur for just a year. Yes. Just a year, right? And I can't tell you how many times I've been like, let me put this resume on indeed. Let me go on this interview because let me tell you something. It's a lot of work. It's a lot. But what keeps me grounded in what I'm doing is the purpose. You see, I've been waiting for a long time to wear this shirt, girl. For I know. Quick, I know we got to get it. Wait, wait, wait. Me, wait. Uh, uh. <laughs> I've been waiting since I purchased it last year for the right occasion to wear it. Right. And today I popped off the tag. I'm like, I'm going to wear it today. Because oh, my gosh. I promise you. But what keeps me in this entrepreneur space is the fact that I'm chasing this purpose. Right. And really being able to do what God has told me to do, what he's put on my heart. I understand now that, yes, although my dreams might be in this whole color, all these big budgets and all of these things, I got to operate within you know, my black and white space, my budget, <laughs> those sorts of things, but that doesn't stop it. And part of that is continuing to surround yourself with people, like you said, and like you do that pour into you that snatch your edges when they need to be snatched and then gently lay them back down for you at the same time. Here goes a scarf, baby. Take it, lay your edges back so down, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to know for you, who is it? What is it that has influenced you to be able to have the confidence to be able to be who you are today. Like mm. I've mentioned P2P changed my life, right? Mm -hmm. Command the stage, the podcast, like the books. I don't think you realize just about every book that you suggested on the podcast, I went and bought and read <laughs> and then was sharing to other people. Yeah. Game um, changers. Very much game changer. So what kinds of people, books, and things have had that level of impact that caused you to say, you know what, I'm going to go for this, despite what it may look like, as crazy as it sounds or seems, I'm about to do this. Yeah. Well, first of all, I spend a lot of time in my prayer room. <sighs> like, I have to just start, you know, by giving honor and credit where it is due. I spend yes, a lot of time in my prayer room. Really, I think I would say listening to what my creator says about me first and foremost. Mm, not even come what on I now. Say. Not even what I say, because 
you know, our personality, the mask that we wear and all those things, like that's been so heavily impacted by life and all of our experiences. And we failed, you know, more times than we can count. And so we have remembrance of like all these things that we've done that don't necessarily seem like they support where we say we want to go, right? So they would be the things that would tell us, go back and do something else. You're barking up the wrong tree. Who do you think you are? What you think this is? The imposter syndrome. Uh, have you met you before? <laughs> I know you. Do you know These people going to find out that you ain't perfect, right? Which is why I come out the gate telling my clients, listen, we not perfect in here. We are obedient. We're not perfect. Don't come in here expecting me to sound the way I do on television. That's not happening. This ain't okay? that, ma'am. This ain't that. I use all of Did the slang. Did y'all just say she snatched my edges a couple this, times? I, I talk crazy in here because this is my group, <laughs> right? So, but my confidence to do that really comes from above. Mm. I have to say, I spend so much time with God. Like I spend so much time praying, journaling, meditating, praising, worship, and so many of the downloads that I have about what I should do next come from there. And for me, that is the operating in obedience because many of the things, and I can't say all because sometimes I get so many downloads, my brain is fried and I don't even take good notes. And so I'm like, I think this was supposed to be, and I don't know what to do with it, but mm -hmm. I do realize that it may be for something months or years to come. It was just, I got a little whiff of it, but I'm not ready mm -hmm. for it. It's not a know? right now thing. But the things that are right now, it's like command the stage. I was in my prayer room, right? Like I got in the shower, I had that download and Command the Stage is on its way to creating probably about $750,000 since I launched it in wow. early 2020. So in just at two years, it's generated about $750,000 and it was literally a download and I was obedient. But I remember I had that been, you went live. You came from the gym and was like, the next day. Yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, she's serious. <laughs> yep. That was it. And the first cohort had 25 people, I think. And then we did a cohort. I think the most people we've had so far in a cohort was like 87 people or something, oh but I've done it like four or five times now. And so I say that to say the confidence to do those things comes from, for me, first and foremost, been in that time with God. Mm -hmm. It's also what gives me the confidence to not do certain things. Mm. So there are so many things that I've said no to. I've had multiple six-figure offers to be a part of things or to do things. And that chase purpose, not money is real. Like mm -hmm. I just, some things I didn't have to pray about. I spent enough time talking to God anyway. I knew it in my spirit as soon as it came across oh. my desk that it was a no. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm like, no. And people are like, well, do you need time to think about it? Child, I pray every no. day. I don't need no time. I said no. I said what I, I said. said. No. Like God is up in here. I already know what it is. Right. So a lot of the confidence comes from that. I would say, secondly, the thing that really keeps me going is honestly my clients. It is seeing the impact of the yes. And I can say that now because I've heard it so many times, but it never gets old. I never, sometimes you guys will DM me and you're like, I don't wanna bother you, but I'm like, bother me? How could you ever be bothering me? You calling I, me out. I mean, I wasn't gonna say it was you too, Nicole. I was, <laughs> it's a lot of y'all. It's a lot of us. Yeah, it's a lot of y'all. Thank since you for 20, not singling me out. <laughs> yes, it's 2019, it's been about almost 500 clients so far that have been through either P2P, Command the Stage, or older program that I used to have. And 
seeing the impact on the people. I always say proof is in the people. Mm. People can throw up any testimonial they want. They can say, you know, you can make it look like whatever you want, but the proof is in the people. Mm -hmm. And it's like you said, it's not always that everyone gets a big win, quote unquote, monetarily or something inside of P2P. I believe what we deposit is so transformational. And yes. there's so much healing that happens. That's what Gurpreet, your sister Gurpreet mm -hmm. always tells me, like P2P and Command the Stage and CTS have so much healing that happen that it cleans out a lot of the limiting beliefs and it cleans out a lot of the noise and the stuff that people come with. It, and it increases capacity. Yes, and it <laughs> increases capacity. It literally increases people's capacity to receive, to be supported right for to clarity create. to create. create yeah like there's so many things that come out of it and so what makes me want to double down on purpose is seeing the impact that i've had even when i didn't feel confident as a coach because for years and i don't know if you know this i only really started coaching in 2019 and so it's only been three years wow you came in 2020 right so it's only been three years and leading up to that, I had people say to me, well, you're more of talent. You're not really a coach. And I believed it. You see me so rolling my eyes, right? For two years, for two years, I stayed away from group coaching programs and those types of things because I was feeding into that, like, well, I really am talent. So I just need to do my brand work and speak and mm -hmm. call it a day. That's gonna be the thing. And in 2018, God kept saying, like I knew Reagan, my daughter was going to middle school, high school. And I'm like, I don't want to be on the road so much. Yeah. Like I can't just be a speaker because I don't want to have to leave all the time like this as my daughter gets to a certain age where I need to be present. Mm -hmm. And so people pillar in preparation for that, I was like, I have to start embracing something else. And so the confidence that has been built in me as a coach is seeing you, is seeing Gurpreet is seeing Krista, is seeing both the Trinas, right? It, 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 <laughs> and seeing Anita and yep. Evelyn and just going down the list and seeing the podcast launched and the books written mm -hmm. and the social media presence, right? Marsha Ann coming in talking about, I don't go live to having a live Instagram. Listen, a whole show, show. Like a whole show that she does, right? Like being able to literally remember Dion, who didn't like to turn the camera on and wouldn't smile to seeing her tell her story at a conference and winning a $10,000. Like, uh, come on, Miss Dion. Like, like, <laughs> these are the things that when I'm like, even if I have a day where I doubt, I can open my phone at this point and scroll and see the people. Mm, I thank God for you. I want you to know that I literally thank God for you. And I pray for you and everybody attached to you every single day, because as you stand in your power of being a history maker, you are equipping us to come behind you, stand next to you, and do the same thing so that we are breaking generational curses and cycles so that we are shifting our mindsets so that we are believing in ourselves and creating that connection with God to get those downloads. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you're the catalyst for all of that. And for you to be able to scroll and see 
with your eyes, all of the things that I'm sure beyond your wildest dreams, you may never have even imagined. You know, I know for me, I wouldn't have imagined ever even interviewing you on a podcast because I didn't want to start no podcast. <laughs> so I thank you. I honor you. I am grateful for you. And I just want you to continue to do what you do and blessing us with all the knowledge and sharing your wisdom and allowing us to be able to stand up and do what we do and carry out the purpose that God has had us here to do. So I thank you for that, ma'am. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm honored. I have to tell you this, and I'm sure you've heard me say this before and it never, I don't know if I'll ever not say it every day. I'm so grateful that this is what I get to do. Like it literally blows my mind that this is what I get to do. Like I'm a Belizean American girl from South Central Los Angeles. I didn't grow up in the best neighborhood. I didn't grow up with both my parents. I didn't grow up with family that even had the capacity to speak life into me. Yeah. I grew up addicted to achievement, trying to earn people's love. Um, doing things that, yes, I had a great career initially in real estate, but I was never as fulfilled as I am today. And the fulfillment that I have is not from the money. Like, I mean, Lord, don't take my money away. That's not what I'm saying. I, I want to be clear. You appreciate it. You need it. You good with it. It can stay yeah, where it's at. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying when I wake up every day, my first thought is not, oh, how much money can I make today? Mm-hmm. Like, literally, I'm like, today, oh, I get to do this interview with Nicole, right? Oh, I'm going to be on this thing with a mentor of mine, uh, you know, when I get off of the interview with you. And then I have another interview later on today. And I'm like, for my podcast, and I'm like, oh, this dude about to bless Redefining Wealth. Like, I'm so excited because I know that he's going to say things and this interview is going to be literally a blessing to so many people and i am so excited that i get to hold space to be a blessing Mm. to other people like that has been my energy when i was in praise and worship this morning like all of these interviews are going to bear such fruit Mm -hmm. and when i get to see the fruit is when i feel the most fulfilled and i'm the most grateful because I'm not perfect and I'm full of flaws and all types of imperfections and yet I can still be used. And that blows my mind every day. And I do not take it for granted. And I love you so much. And, I and tell I'm you, I cry. so <laughs> proud of you. Nicole, me and you used to fight. So, you know, <laughs> I know, I know. And before you came to P2P, we had a power hour. We did. Oh, I did the power hour. Yes. And we fought in there. (laughs) And we fought in the power hour. Then she came, brought her butt on the P2P the next year. Then we fought in there, right? But I know that I'm called to push people into purpose and to put them in spaces where they feel safe enough to explore and just figure it Mm -hmm. out. And when I see you... And you and Krista or you and Evelyn are like, you know, y'all just doing different things together or supporting each other mm-hmm. and cheering each other on. It just does my heart good, even on my worst days, even on my mm-hmm. hardest days. It makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. So I'm so proud of you. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you so much. You know, I love you. I'm not going to keep you. 
I just am thankful for you. I want to have you answer the quick three questions before I let you go, mm-hmm. because I need to know your answers, like just for personal reasons. <laughs> So the first one is, if you could go back in time and have a conversation with the 17-year-old version of yourself and give her one piece of advice and one piece of advice only, what would it be and why? Oh, so good. Let me think back to 17. I would tell her, forgive them. Forgive the people that told you you were ugly and nobody was going to want you, and that you were too black, too tall, too dark, too this, too that, your lips were too full. I would say forgive them because hurt people hurt people. And actually they see how beautiful you are and what you're capable of. And it frightens them because it also shines a light on what they haven't done with their own lives. Mm, Somebody needed that today. Today that's a message. Oh, I love that. Oh. Okay, since we're on the Flow and Flourish podcast, tell me one thing that you do on a regular basis to be able to flow and flourish and manage your own capacity. I pay for peace. Ooh, come on now. Yeah, I pay for peace. Even before I was fully restored financially, one thing that I've always done is looked around and figured out where do I need support? Like that is a more recent thing Mm -hmm. for me as we talked about, but... For several years now, I'm like, where do I need support? Like this year I hired a chef. Like, why am I over here struggling to eat? I know I need to eat. <laughs> I know I don't like to cook. <laughs> right? Yes. I know when I cook, it's not with love. <laughs> right? It's like, with anger and frustration. Yeah, it's like, oh, I got to eat something. So it's not the most nourishing or it's not the best. And it doesn't reflect what I desire for my fit pillar. So I'm working out, but is my nutrition in alignment with what I'm doing to work out, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm I'm honest, it's very on and off. So if I meal prep, yes, but the weeks that I don't, then what? You know, my diet is Mm -hmm. trash. So, or non-existent Mm because I can go the whole day and not eat. And so paying for peace. So I hired a chef and it ended up actually being more affordable than I ever thought it would be. Mm -hmm. It's like reminding ourselves that when we need that type of support, don't just count it out and write it off and say, you don't have the budget or I can't, or I can't afford it. At least see what it is. Yep. I saw what it was. And for me here in Georgia, it's $45 an hour. I said, well, wait a minute. And she only takes four hours a week and she meal preps my food and gets everything together for the week and buys the groceries. And that was a big, I assumed that it was going to be way more. And it's costing me about 200 bucks a week for me to have food right all week and also good food nourishing food mm-hmm. in alignment with my diet so to help you stay on track right and that's how i'm creating more capacity so when i'm eating well i show up better i show up even better for my clients and for my interviews and for my work i'm more focused i'm more productive it's saving time. I just got to go up there and make my little plate. I have all these things to choose from. <laughs> you got um, options. <laughs> I have options. And so, yeah, paying for peace. I did a whole podcast episode on that, but I didn't have the chef yet. But that paying for peace is real. Come through delegation. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I'm going to get you out of here. Very last one. You definitely are a history maker in my eyes, and I'm sure in everyone else's lives that you are attached to. And we've talked about so many things today. 
What's the one thing that you want listeners to walk away with knowing, feeling, thinking after listening to this episode? I want people to walk away and give themselves permission to create impact, like on their terms, whatever that looks like for them. And I want you to remember nine-year-old me who would be so confused if only two people come to your funeral. (laughs) Like you were born on purpose, with purpose, for purpose. And there are so many people who need your voice. They need your talent. They need your gifts. Their destinies are connected to your obedience. And the stories that we tell ourselves keep us from fully embracing the impact I believe we were all born to have. Okay. Give yourself permission. Mic drop. I love you. I appreciate you. you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. I love you. You're welcome. Wow. I am so full. Like full is an understatement. Like this was such a dream come true to be able to sit down and interview Patrice and talk to her about her being the phenomenal history maker that she is. My heart is just full. And I pray that those of you who know Patrice and those of you who don't know Patrice, that you just really listen to what she's saying. Because when I tell you that this woman has changed my life, I mean it. And I realized in our recording that not just today, but in every single episode where I'm talking to you all, whether it's me or if I have additional guests, we're all saying the same thing, which is around giving yourself permission, permission to chase your dream, permission to show up authentically, permission to practice self-care, permission to have a vision, permission to be different. That's what redefining wealth is. It's giving yourself permission to do all of those things. So I hope and pray that this episode has sparked something in you and that it causes you to take action, not just sit on it, right? Take some action. And one of the actions you can take if you haven't already is to sign up for Patrice's five-day purpose challenge. Now, I know when this airs, it's going to be on, I believe, day four or five, but it's always jam-packed. I attend every single time she does it because I learn something new and I sharpen my skills and iron sharpens iron. So make sure that you're attending. Make sure that you are following her if you are not already And make sure you share this episode with all the people that you know need to hear it. I want to thank you again for celebrating Women's History Month with me. It has been such a pleasure to highlight all of these phenomenal women. And as I said in the podcast before this, because I overestimated my capacity, there will be at least an additional episode that comes out next week that's still talking a little bit about women's history. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Until then, keep flowing, keep flourishing, keep managing your capacity. And don't be a stranger, y'all. Come out, reach out to me. I know when this airs, I'll be on vacation in Jamaica, but I am still going to be on social media at least a little bit. Let me know how you like the episode. Tag me. Talk to me. DM me. Like, reach out and touch me. I'm here. I pray you have a wonderful rest of your week 
and I will be right back here next week as your capacity coach, helping you to manage your capacity so that you can create the ideal work-life balance for you without sacrificing yourself, your family, and what matters most to you. Talk to you soon.